Welcome to Episode 9 of Biz Talk with Bill Roy. Our goal for this podcast is to provide you with insight into the people, places, and organizations that make up Wichita's important business community. Thanks for listening. I want to start with a note about the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal available today. Can Wichita become not only the air capital, but the defense capital? More companies in South Central Kansas are adding to their commercial and general aviation work by going after more defense contracts. They're optimistic of more defense spending since Donald Trump was elected president. We talked to local companies about their defense contract efforts. Also this week, our big top 25 list, the area's largest residential real estate brokerages. There's been some movement on the list. Some firms have moved up, some went the other way. You can check out who this week in the Business Journal. This week, we spend 10 minutes with the new executive director of the Central Plains Healthcare Partnership, Shelley Duncan. All that and much more in this week's Wichita Business Journal. One note, Wichita lost a great leader this week. Commerce Bank's Wichita president, John Clevenger, died. He was 49 years old. John was in the first group of 40 under 40 honorees back in 1998. I did not know him well. I spoke to him occasionally for articles and at our events. I played golf with him once, and we recently had him and other commerce folks in for lunch. But I knew him enough to figure out what kind of a guy he was. Smart, thoughtful, energetic, full of cheer, and passionate about his family, his bank, and his city. His family and friends are in our thoughts and prayers. John, thanks. We'll miss you. Now this. Welcome to the Wichita Business Journal Biz Talk Podcast. Talking business is what the commercial banking team here at Equity Bank does best. Visit equitybank.com slash napkin dash stories. Chuck Coffey is a doctor, but he's also a businessman. Besides earning his MD, Chuck also has a master's in public health and an MBA, all with honors. He's also one of the WBJ's emerging leaders, and he was selected as one of our 40 Under 40 award winners. Chuck and his partners have come up with a new way to provide healthcare services to underserved areas. It's telemedicine, and Chuck's company is called Free State Healthcare. Episode 9 of Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. We have a special guest with us today, Dr. Chuck Coffey, who is not only an emerging leader, but one of a new 40 Under 40 members. But he also is co-founder of Free State, which is an interesting uh, organization, an interesting concept in telemedicine and in healthcare. Uh, Chuck, thanks for being here. Yeah, really appreciate having, it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. First of all, let's let's talk about you. Tell us about how you grew up, your family, sure. where you went to school. Yeah, so um, I was born and raised here in Wichita. Um, Wichita has not been able to get rid of me yet. <laughs> Good. <laughs> After trying for many years. So I grew up here in Wichita. I grew up in College Hill, um, one of five kids. Uh, my mom was a teacher, still is. She's taught for 40 years or 50 years in the same school. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the students think she's older than the, the building <laughs> itself. Right. Um, and my dad worked for an aircraft company. Um, okay. So I grew up here, went to, to uh, Blessed Sacrament for grade school, Capon for high school. Um, I followed the normal track of uh, not knowing what I wanted to do, so I just went to KU. Uh, not that the, uh, you know, rock chalk. I'm a KU fan. Okay. But, uh, I went to KU, not really sure what I wanted to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, ended up at KU, did five years at a victory lap at KU, and uh, studied <laughs> biology and psychology. Um, and then after that, you know, the idea was, do you want to go to med school? Do you want to do something else? And I didn't know the answer, so I moved. Uh, to Boston. I lived there for a couple of years, worked at a hospital, and the idea was get some get some experience in, in medicine and see if medicine is the right way for me to go or not. And uh, sort of a, 
uh, comedy of errors. Um, I lived with my grandparents for a while, and uh, after living on your own, it's hard to live with old, uh, older people again. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> after nine months living with them, I, I went out and tried to find a place and went to the first place on Craigslist I found um, and then ended up living with a couple of really smart guys and started a business with them. Um, and so I was in Boston for three years. We started a company that um, did it was basically an organizational tool for academic research labs, um, a way to help with purchasing and uh, making sure that the lab was organized, save money, uh, what have you. And um, saw there that business and medicine don't have to be uh, enemies uh, right. as you're sort of taught through through a lot of your train, not not explicitly, but sort of implicitly. It just seems like business and medicine aren't pals. Right. Anyway, uh, so did that for a couple of years um, and then had the decision to make whether I was going to go back to medical school or if I was going to continue with this company. I decided to go back to medical school. Uh, probably the wrong decision. Those guys are all <laughs> doing very well now. <laughs> um, and so I came back to KU for medical school. Did a couple of years in Kansas City. Took some time off. Studied business for a year. Studied public health for a year finished medical school down here and then uh, stuck around for residency here at, uh, at in, locally here in Wichita. Right. Um, and through that, met one of my business current business partners, Elisha Yagma. He was uh, attending at the time, and um, we had a similar outlook on medicine. Um, weren't, I guess, not afraid to, to, to say some of the things that are wrong with it, um, and, and how do we fix it? How do we do something different? And so he and I met, and a couple years later, we started uh, Free State. It used to be called Vigilius, but Free State Healthcare now. So that's how I got here. Describe what Free State is and how it works. Yeah, so Free State started out as a way to answer the question, how do you fi fix the provider gap in rural America? Um, as most people know, there's, you know, you hear about primary care shortage. Um, that's really, uh, that shortage you really see in small towns, in small town Kansas. And, and many of the partners at Free State have worked in, in small towns, either the emergency room, clinics, whatever, covering for weekends and seeing that if you need a specialist, you're never going to see one in, in a really small town. There won't be a neurologist in, you know, ex-Kansas unless his car, his or her car breaks down. Right. And so we said, well, what can we do? How do we fill this gap with, with providers? You know, we have this network of physicians that we know. We know lots of stock primary care. We know lots of specialists. How do we fix that? Um, and so we came together and, and we developed our own hardware and software. And uh, we deploy that out to small town hospitals. Um, it's a telemedicine cart. It's a smartphone uh, smartphone based telemedicine cart that we, we put in a small town hospital and then patients can be seen in that hospital without having to drive to Wichita or Kansas City or Denver or wherever that specialist is. We try to keep that patient in the town to get the service and, and um, you know, we, we started off with specialists because I think most of these small towns recognize the, the lack of specialty care. Um, and they know patients are leaving for this. And so that was an easy fit right off the bat is let's get you a rheumatologist, which you'll never see, or right. whatever cognitive specialist you can imagine. Um, and then see them locally. You know, then the small town gets to keep the, all the ancillary services that come with that visit. Um, and so that's where it started. It was how do we fix or how do we at least help with the, the health care, access to health care in small towns? So, for example... I have an eight-year-old daughter, and I live in Osborne, Kansas, okay. and my primary doctor says 
she really needs to see an ENT. Yeah. Uh, so what happens at that point? The good question. So the, the logistically how this would work is if you live in, in Osborne or whatever small town or smaller town, rural community, and you need a specialist, your primary care doctor sees you and, and recognizes that need and says, you need all, you know whatever ologist. Um, ENT is one, but let's, let's use one that's really easy to think about in dermatology. You Great. have a skin mm-hmm. condition. Um, the primary care doctor doesn't know what it is, and so you're, here's where you're at a break point. You say, well, I can send you to Wichita, I can send you to Kansas City, send you to Denver, or I can try to manage it. Um, the patient has to decide, do I want to take a day off work, you know, drive the four hours each way, and, and wait six months to see that specialist? And I'm not beating up on dermatology, but just whatever. There's, there's not a lot of specialists, and usually they're, they have very full schedules. Right. So patient is referred by the local doctor to us. Um, it's all online, so the, the they say, you know, Betty Smith needs an, a, a dermatologist. So she, the local uh, staff at the hospital has access to our dermatologist schedule. Um, Betty is uploaded on to that dermatologist's calendar, and then on the on the agreed upon date, she comes back to the hospital. Betty is checked in by the local staff. The local nurse will take her blood pressure and vital signs, ask her questions. And then Betty goes into an exam room. And in the exam room, instead of a doctor, there's our telemedicine cart. We call it the MITEI. It's an acronym for Multimodal Integrated Telemedicine Exam Equipment. It's a mouthful. Wow. Yeah, MITEI's way easier. (laughs) Yeah. And so she goes into the room, and there's the telemedicine equipment. And on the screen, you see a doctor. Um, our doctor's sitting there, ready to see her. He's already has access to her records if they've been sent by the primary care doctor. And they have a, an encounter, just like you would if you walked into the room and the doctor was sitting there in person. Um, so he asks her questions. He gets the, the history, does a physical exam. Our, our telemedicine cart has a stethoscope that, you know, in Osborne, they have the stethoscope. They put it on the patient, and I can hear it wherever I am. The specialist can hear it wherever they are. Okay. Um, same with an uh, ear ear exam, nose exam, throat exam, heart, lungs, belly, skin. Um, and so they would do that. They say, well, Betty, I'm, I want to look at your skin. So you can detach the smartphone. You can get a real close-up, sort of an infinite zoom on the, on the smartphone. Using and, the smartphone camera. Correct. Then carries out the exam and then and then goes on and says, well, Betty, this is my assessment. This is my plan. You need this medication, this cream, or you need a biopsy, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That information, if, it's, if they need a lab or an image, that's all done locally. So the patient goes to that lab at the hospital or that x-ray facility at the hospital gets it done. If she needs a cream or a medication, she goes to her local pharmacy, her pharmacy of choice to get that medication. If she needs something done that you can't do through telemedicine where you got to cut something out or take a biopsy, well, then that's sent off to her local doctor and say, hey, you know, we need, Betty has a lesion on her right arm that needs biopsied. Can you do it? Um, here's what I think it is. Here's the test I think you should run on it. If you're not comfortable, then let's have the local surgeon do it. Somebody local first before right. we have to escalate and say, yeah, Betty has to come to Wichita or wherever else. Right. The idea being, let's get that clinic, that hospital, the resources, use the resources they have, and then also use their providers to the, the best of their ability. And so then Betty goes home, she puts the cream on, she gets a call from her doctor and says, hey, this was you know benign, uh, thank God it was right. no big deal, but put the cream on and, and then we'll see you in six months. And so she'll see that same dermatologist three, six, whatever months later, and she's got that continuity of care established. The local provider also has... Um, communication, open communication with that specialist. So it's not just, I send the patient off and they come back and I don't know what happened. It's, right. I send the patient off and then that local or that specialist either calls the local doc or sends them a note or something. So they're kept in the loop of here's what's going on with your patient. How does the business side of it work? Um, so it, it works on to the rural piece that we're talking about now all works on insurance. 
Um, and so Medicare, or CMS, which is Center for Medi- well, Medicare and Medicaid, they have defined rules on how telemedicine is reimbursed. Um, and so for Medicare and Medicaid, as long as the patient's in a, you satisfy three things, patients in a rural area uh, designated by CMS, the patient's in a hot healthcare facility and the doctor is licensed in the state of Kansas, then they're good to go. Regular reimbursement applies. Mm-hmm. Private insurance has been um, more difficult. Um, we haven't got as we haven't been as uh, reliably reimbursed by private insurers mm-hmm. as we have uh, with Medicare and Medicaid. But that's something we're working on. We're working with the insurance companies to uh, work with us and, and try to increase or at least get that reimbursement. Is it because they don't completely understand what you do, or? It's hard to say. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I think that the, the insurance companies, um, they may not know exactly how we're doing this. Um, they may have uh, rules that, internal rules that have not quite caught up with the times. Okay. We've talked with some of them, and we've talked to all of them. We've talked to some at length, and um, most of them have said that they have some internal um, deliberations going on and saying, how do you keep up with this? How do we change our payment reimbursement to keep up with the times? Right. Um, you know, just like the law can't keep up with how fast technology changes, I think that industry has the same, the medical industry has the same struggle. Um, and so we, we'll, we want to keep working with insurance and, and hopefully the, with time and, and with enough volume. And, and, and the more they see that we're not trying to bilk the system, we're trying to just deliver care to patients who right. need it, uh, that we'll hopefully see a change. How many carts do you have now and how many communities are you in, in and around Kansas? Um, so we're on the fifth version of our card, I think. I mean, it just keeps, we have a, our chief technology officer, uh, Zana DeGrange, she loves to, to tinker with this uh-huh. thing. Um, and so we're on our like fifth iteration of it. I can't keep up half the time. Um, but we're in 34 communities, I believe now across four states. Um, we're in talks with uh, several, I mean, dozens of hospitals in half a dozen states right now. Um, we're working with nursing homes. We're about to start a pilot with a nursing home here in Kansas. Um, and we've got a lot of other irons in the fire on the rural piece. We've described sort of how this works, and I will make sure to put a link to the video. We did a video with you six months ago, yeah, yeah. something something like that, and I'll make sure that that link is there as well to describe just exactly how this go- goes. A picture tells a thousand words, right? I mean, right. that video, it really does show how does the actual exam take place? Right. How do you see? What do you see? And so the, we appreciate you guys um, taking the time to do that article on telemedicine, and that video really does highlight how you do the exam. There's a big debate, obviously, going on right now, healthcare. Have you been impacted by all that ACA, with if it'll go away, that sort of thing? I'm sure you're having to watch all that just like everybody else is, maybe maybe with even more attention. Yeah, I mean, healthcare is, is, is something that everybody wants to have access to healthcare. And, you know, I think traditionally you think if I have health insurance or if I have some sort of coverage, then I have access to healthcare. And we've seen that's just not always the case. Um, it's difficult for, there's a lot of people out there who are under or uninsured um, who just who would really would like to have a doctor, even just a basic primary care doctor or primary care provider, and they don't have access to it, right. which is one of the reasons we've opened a local clinic. Um, and so I described what Free State's doing in the rural market. We've opened a clinic here in town that uh, it's on Douglas and Oliver uh, in Lincoln Heights uh, Shopping Center, where we take anybody. We take all comers. Um, and our prices are, um, the way we conduct business is as transparent as you can imagine. It's all on the, our, our website, our different pricing models. But uh, on our website, it's just like shameless plug here, uh, freestatehealthcare.com. Sure. And, and again, we'll have a link to that in, in the blog. Um, but what we really said is, well, 
you know, we, we have all of this telemedicine technology. We have all these specialists. We have all these doctors who are willing to do this. How do we get that to an urban area, and why haven't we yet? And the answer is we haven't yet because payers don't pay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mentioned the Medicare rules, and that's nobody. Nobody's paying for telemedicine through insurance uh, completely right now. And so we said, well, how do we do this in a different way? And so um, we've worked with, uh, we've done a lot of research on how you can do direct primary care and, um, you know, concierge medicine is another term for it. Um, we don't really like any of those terms um, because what we're doing is not just direct primary care. We're trying to take care of a patient in, in every aspect of healthcare before they hit the hospital um, and even keep them out of the hospital if possible. And so our clinic um, is set up to say anything from, you know, I stub my toe, uh, I got a splinter all the way up to, um, you know, my kids has a really bad asthma exacerbation and, and we're worried they need to go to the hospital. And so what we want to do is be able to just be your, you know, healthcare anywhere for everyone or, you know, do everything for people um, and, and not, we're not dealing with, we're not taking insurance at the clinic where we have listed prices there's no fine print everybody right. always asks me where's the fine print I don't, <laughs> if we have a contract with fine print somebody tell me because i need to get rid of it right <laughs> um and so what you know in, in short we have a clinic that anyone can come to for urgent care needs for primary care needs um and it's it's all cash pay um we have major discounts on labs on imaging on medications um, and on procedures um you know if you cut your arm and it's it's something we can stitch up there's it's a hundred bucks but we'll stick with that price we 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 do everything we can so the patient knows what they're getting and what they're paying for the way that commerce is supposed to happen right Right. you pay for something and you know what you're getting there's no no in between (laughs) so that's what we're trying to do with medicine um there's there's telemedicine components to it so you know if if you're at home and your kids got x y or z you don't have to come in Right. Call me or text me or send me, you know, do a video chat with me on our telemedicine software. And I can look at your your child and say, yeah, it looks okay. Well, it looks pretty bad. Sometimes that gestalt you get from looking at somebody really it's stuff that you don't know. Right. Um, And so we're trying to leverage all that stuff to see as many patients as possible and take care of as many people as possible. You're a medical entrepreneur. And you also have studied business. You have other degrees besides your medical degree, besides your MD. What advice do you have for other people who may want to go into business for themselves? It it could be any industry. Somebody wants to start a business like you have done. What advice do you have for those folks? Um, I would say don't get as many degrees. (laughs) (laughs) My wife told me if I get another degree that I should get a law degree and study divorce. Right. (laughs) Uh, um, So I think, you know, first have an idea. And if you don't have an idea, find a partner right. um, and come up with an idea. But you know, if you've got a business that you want to start, find good partners and go for it. Um, you know, there's um, my one of my partners is is uh, fond of saying, you know, there are business people and there are entrepreneurs, and those aren't always the same thing. Right. Um, your risk tolerance to starting a, starting something brand new has got to be pretty high. Um, and so, I think uh, you know, without getting too deep in the, into this, I think if you've got a good idea, find good partners and and go for it. Um, there's a lot of things in Wichita that I've learned through being, you know, on the Emerging Leaders panel and 40 Under 40 that there are there are services and there are community services in Wichita that can help you with financing, with bank lending, with with the different things that you need that maybe you don't understand about business. But there are people out there here in the community that you can get those services. There's a lot of different services here in the community that you can get hooked up with to to grow your business. Small Business Association, you know, they've got great things and they're free, but nobody knows about them. Where do you want to go eventually with free state health care? I mean, we, this may be the, uh, 
through the eyes of the entrepreneur. But you know, Free State has the the, the potential to to really change the way that healthcare is delivered, um, and that's what we want to see. If if we can make this work and and make healthcare democratize healthcare for everybody, then there's a real chance that we can change the way that healthcare is delivered for everyone and, and make an impact, not just on saving money, but providing the care that doctors got into it for and, and providing good medical services that we think as physicians are the, are the right medical treatments rather than doing things because we don't get paid if we don't, or we didn't check a box so we don't get paid. Um, and that's, you know, a very s- small piece of what I think free state, free state can become. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, space for um, entrepreneurship and innovation in healthcare. And, and we hope to, to fill some of those gaps and provide great care to people. Dr. Chuck Coffey, co-founder of Free State Healthcare. We appreciate you being here. Much uh, success in the future. We'll be watching and staying in touch, and and, uh, good luck in the future. Thank you, Bill. Uh, Appreciate it. We'll continue to watch how Coffey and his Free State Healthcare evolve and grow. Next week, a chat with the Dean of the Barton School of Business at WSU, Anand Desai, and the Chairman of the Board at the WSU Foundation, Paul Allen. At Equity Bank, stories of growing businesses are our favorites, so we created our own series. Visit equitybank.com napkin stories to watch the startup stories of great businesses across the Midwest. That's Biz Talk with Bill Roy for this week. On behalf of the great staff of the Wichita Business Journal, thanks for listening. Thanks once again to producer Brittany Showalter and to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Have a profitable week.